Hello, and welcome to this episode of the North by Northwest Jersey podcast. On today's episode, I'm talking to Jake Hunt, Managing Director of Windy Brow Farms in Freedom, New Jersey, about transforming a small orchard and retail space into a dynamic, multifaceted business. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Jake. How are you doing today? Good. How are you, Roman? Good, Good. to be here. Good. Um, for those who've never been to Windy Brow Farms, how would you describe it? So uh, we're primarily a, a fruit uh, and vegetable farm, um, or that that's always been what we've been in the past. But uh, we also have a, a bakery and a coffee shop and an ice cream company all all on site here. So pretty diversified. Yeah, it's, it's a very diversified um, location. It's very interesting to me. I grew up in Frieden. Um, and when I was growing up, it was primarily the apple orchard mm-hmm. and there was the retail space, obviously with some baking and stuff like that, but it's really, um, changed a lot in the past 10 years or so. Can you explain how that kind of came to be? Uh, so originally the farm, like you said, started out as uh, primarily a, a fruit farm and, uh, with some, some additional baking going on on site. Uh, but I, uh, I came home, uh, from college in 2013 graduated in 2012, worked for a year and then decided I can uh, make ice cream on my own um, because that was what my background was in in, in college um, and started the ice cream company here in 2013 and just kind of decided to kick it off and, and start trying to make it more than it was um, at the time. So when you say you went to college for ice cream, um, <laughs> you know, there's well, a lot of majors out not, there. Not on, not on purpose. <laughs> uh, I actually, I went to college for pre-veterinary medicine. Um, and while I was at University of Delaware, um, I was on a team that started a creamery on campus. Uh, they were kind of in the works, uh, getting an getting a upstart creamery there. Um, and I was uh, assistant manager of a creamery for, for three years of my college career. Um, and that kind of gave me the ice cream bug in terms of the creative side of things and, and the food science side of things. Um, and then after I graduated, I went to uh, went to work for a creamery in Southern Delaware and then just learned a lot of what not to do uh, and said, you know, I think we need this in Sussex County. We need this on a family farm. We need this to try to drive more business um, to our home base here. And my parents uh, provided for the opportunity for me to be able to do that at home. And so you inadvertently sort of wound up coming back here to do this because was you were not planning on obviously when you left for college you know a doing even ice cream or anything related to the farm you were going to do more of the pre-vet yeah um, yeah no i i really i didn't you know like so many college kids today and maybe even so many college kids there i didn't really know where i would wind up ultimately um but you know the thing I found with the people that I went to school with that wanted to be vets and were on that track, that was all they ever saw themselves doing, right? They didn't have um, any other mindset. And I saw myself being in more of an entrepreneurial role in other in other positions here um, and being able to take on different things in the creative space. Um, and, you know, even up until, uh, so, so I spent a year in Southern Delaware working on a creamery and I or a lot of that year was applying to other jobs in other realms in completely different areas than what I was doing at the time. Um, and you know, about a week after I made the decision, bought, well, made the decision by default by buying a, you know, $25,000 ice cream machine. Um, I got a call from the job that I had been waiting for them offering me the position. I was just like, uh, I can't. What was, so, what was this job? Uh, it was a, it was like a lab job for Merck pharmaceutical. You know, it was, it and was like food a science though, like do, uh, doing more like animal science, okay. that kind of thing. Um, and you know, it wasn't the ideal, but it was good money, good position, guaranteed income, right? There was no real guaranteed income in coming home to the family farm and trying to make it work. No, it's always like, you know, job security is certainly something that's like, craved by many. So that would be understandable to take something that might be a little more um, risk adverse, if you will. Yeah. I mean, there's job security here, but you have to make it work. Right. 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 Well, like, you're much more responsible for that job yeah, security. Exactly. Um, you don't have necessarily someone else to fall back on. Yep. Okay. Um, 
the ice cream itself, so you were interested in that and you started this creamery at University of Delaware. Was that just because you're passionate about ice cream? That's something you've always loved? Or was it because, you know, someone else was like, hey, I want to do this. Would you be interested? So it was actually a very structured element, right? So it was a, an internship um, or already structured by the College of Agriculture at University of Delaware. So it was something that I applied for and wanted wanted to do. I had a friend that was doing a similar position, similar role at the time. And she kind of, Sarah, she kind of convinced me to go for it um, and made it happen. Um, I think not necessarily ice cream is something that I've always loved. I've always loved being creative. I've always loved coming up with new ideas. Um, and, you know, it was just another aspect. I, I know you like you're in the bubble of a university, right? So you have a financial balloon and, yes. you know, all sorts of backing behind you. But it was uh, definitely interesting to see, you know, we had a dairy farm on campus. It was interesting to see how we could evolve a product from the ground up um, and uh, and be able to create something new on campus. And now it's this big, huge, big, huge thing with multiple outlets. And that's really, really yeah. cool. So now when you you go through all of that process and your parents, obviously, they've owned Windybrow for uh, only since 2001. So not not for a very long time, but my family's been here in Frieden for you know right. 350 years. So. But so when you tell them, like, they've already been doing this for over 10 years, and you're yeah. like, hey, I'm going to come home. <laughs> I want in. I think but that, at the same time, we're going to do ice cream. Or how's that conversation yeah, quite go? You know, I think the ice cream is kind of the driving factor behind all of it. It wasn't necessarily I want into every aspect of this business because I'm not, I'm not a good, well, you know, I shouldn't say I'm not a good farmer. But I, my, my idea, my drive was not to be in the fields necessarily. Um, it was to be able to give people something else to enjoy while they're here um, and be able to drive more people to the business. So, so, you, so you initially saw yourself as coming in and adding to the business while not being necessarily the primary, you know, um, manager grower, of yeah, the manager. business. Yep. Interesting. And it's all part of it, right? But that was my mindset. You know, and, and they were supportive. Ago. They were supportive. They've always been supportive. You know, my whole life they've been supportive in whatever I've wanted to achieve and accomplish. And now, so this twenty-five thousand dollars ice cream machine, the whole thing. I mean, this is a big outlay. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's a bit of risk there. Um, did you see that as like, like you were saying? So you think that was a necessary part of like expanding upon like what was already, you know, the business that was here. I think it was a logical part of expanding upon the business that was already here. Okay. You know, I think there's a lot of different elements, different elements that we've added over the years um, that all kind of fit within the big puzzle of giving people something else to enjoy while they're already here doing something like pick your own or doing something else um, on the farm during one of the events that we have during the year. Um, it was, it's never been that one thing needs to build up enough to stand on its own. That's never really been our logic here. Um, it's always that what can we add to the piece of the puzzle to, to give people something else to. So it's about building like a, 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 a larger experience overall. Exactly. You know, no, nothing, no, no one dominant. Yep. Okay. Very yeah, interesting. People, when we first started making ice cream, people were always like, oh, you want to be the next Ben and Jerry's. You want to do all this, you know, you want to have national distribution and do all these. I was like, no, I don't like, I don't want that headache. Number one, I don't really have that mindset with it. You know, it's about bringing as many people out to the farm to enjoy fresh air. It's not about getting every single person in America to taste sure. what I'm making. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, on that note though, you have had some notable quote unquote viral uh, flavors that have Not become on purpose. okay. So <laughs> that that's interesting though, because you know, to someone who may not know, you you guys do kind of plays on local New Jersey favorites. Mm -hmm. So one of the most commonly referenced ones here would be your Taylor ham um, or pork roll. Or pork roll. If allow, you're in, I love all people. Okay, um, southern <laughs> New Jersey included as well. Yep. Um, these flavors that have gone like quote unquote viral. Um, so you're saying these are not like intentionally developed for bringing attention to the farm 
Or uh, is it just because you like to mess around with flavors and see what you can push the boundaries on? Um, is there like a completely innocuous, you know, it just kind of happens? I don't think anything just kind of happens, right? Uh, uh, everything no. has to have well, some intention. Of course. Um, but so that flavor was developed originally as part of a series that we did in 2017 um, that was a only in Jersey series. That was the idea behind it was that we were going to create these things that people could only get here that were made with staples that were things that were grown in Jersey or something that was inherently Jersey, right? So in that series, we used blueberries and we used corn, like New Jersey sweet corn, and New Jersey grown blueberries um, and tried to, and, and cranberries and tried to bring light to um, promoting things that were very inherently Jersey. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it only made sense that the one made with, with uh, processed pork product uh, would, <laughs> would go viral. And, uh, and it's been great, but I don't know that we went into it with the mindset of, we want to make this because it's just me, you know, right. to a degree, it's just me. Like I'm not sitting around a table with a team of people saying, what can we create to, to make think people go crazy? Right. You right. know, it was just on a whim. I posted it on our Instagram and our social media and it just blew up. So to that point. Obviously, like nowadays, when you're doing a business that involves food or any type of like, you know, hospitality, social media is super important. Mm -hmm. And then when you're doing something like that, that, you know, the only in Jersey series, obviously, when these are things that like maybe trigger a stronger reaction than others. Um, do you find that social media has been like a boom for a business like you? Or do you think that like sometimes it's a little difficult to manage because of the fact that there are a lot of expectations involved with like, you know, people look at a photo and that is the difference between maybe showing up at the farm or not showing up at the farm because these things have become quasi important for the foodies of the world. Is there a pressure involved with it? Uh, there's, you know, there is and there isn't. You have to not take yourself too seriously in that space, right? And, and not let it control your life. I mean, I, I'm sure we could do, um, you know, X fold the business that we do now if if I let that aspect of things kind of control things. Right. Um, but it's kind of a, if I take a good photo of something and I want to post it and I want to um, get people in to enjoy whatever it is that we've created, then I'll do it. But I'm not, you know, you have to be mindful about everything. You have to be uh, precise about it. Um, I think it has been a boom to uh, businesses on the whole. Um, but I think there's, there's places and people and, and, and businesses that just take it too far and try to push things too far. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's, I think there's benefits to it. Cause obviously if you're a small business, you know, someone like Wendy Brow, you know, you're in a small town in a corner of the state that's, mm -hmm. you know, not, you know, not well known, known for being as great as it is. And so getting attention for your business is a great thing you know yeah. at the same time there are now these expectations that people like literally photograph their stuff before they eat it and it's become such a thing that it can almost feel like a burden for some businesses to keep up with that kind of um presence online and you don't feel like you have any type of pressure in that sense i think i used to i think i used to feel like i had more of a responsibility to people to to give them a reason um, okay. but, but I, I think, you know, we've established enough of a core base of people, um, here that, that are customers that we see every single week, um, multiple times a week. Uh, you know, I think with new and exciting and creative things, I want to put it out there and get it to as many people as we possibly can. Um, but I don't know that I necessarily feel this ultimate pressure or responsibility to constantly be creating. Okay. I don't think that's, you know, worth it. Right. Okay. So for you, it's, it's truly, it's, there is no pressure to continually build upon whatever the last flavor was. Okay. We've got to like, this did X amount of impressions. We got to keep building, building, building. It's, you can just, you know, it's naturally. what I enjoy, what I think people will enjoy. Um, but I, I don't need to post a photo of good latte art to try to bring people in because I, number one, I can't make good luck here ever. Um, <laughs> but number two, like I, I don't, I don't see that as being like a, a necessary, necessary driver. And maybe that's, I don't know. 
Maybe that's laziness <laughs> to no. a degree or just getting tired of it. Um, but, but I think, um, people do what they want to do. Yes. People eat with their eyes first before they do anything else, but you, yeah. you gotta enjoy, enjoy it. You know, we're not making things to necessarily, I always say like, it doesn't have to, it has to look good to a degree, but it doesn't sure. have to look good. It just has to taste good. Okay. So yeah, you're all about the flavor first and foremost mm -hmm. and your own personal creativity, then feeling the pressure and outside demands of, you know, satisfying whatever, you know, um, external pressure that you may or may not exist out there. Yeah. Now, one other thing that you guys do with your ice cream that I think is really interesting, especially for such a small, um, location in the sense of like, you guys are, like I said, in a small town kind of out in the middle of not nowhere, but in the least populated area, the relative nowhere, um, the convenient the nowhere. Yes. <laughs> is, um, you do a lot of vegan ice cream. Yep. What was the motivation behind that? Because obviously there's a lot of sustainability issues right now with, um, you know, just long-term sustainability based on like, you know, climate change and stuff mm -hmm. like that is any motivation re uh, from that? Or is it, you just think like the market demands have kind of pushed people towards exploring those kind of yeah. options? Yeah. I think the market demands change. I think we had enough of a demand. I, I'm not going to tell you the real reason for why we started making vegan ice cream. Uh, but it was because an ex of mine was dairy free. And I wanted I mean, to make I, ice cream I, for that. I personally right? appreciate that personally uh, yeah, because good, I've benefited good. from it. You're the only one, thing. so good. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, um, but no, it, it, uh, it initially started because of that. And then it took off. Um, and people appreciate it and love it. And people still question what it is. They ask what vegan is all the ah. time. Because uh, it's not, you know, again, we're in this pretty insulated corner of yeah. northwest New Jersey where people don't necessarily have the most cultural experience no. outside of this. Uh, you don't walk into Windy Brow and expect vegan homemade ice cream necessarily. No. Not that there's anything about Windy Brow specifically, but just the general area yeah. does not, uh, you know, strike anyone as like, oh yeah, you know, they got the best vegan ice cream up at that place mm -hmm. in Freedom, New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we do. Um, yeah, you do. And we've built, we've built a base around that and, uh, you know, it's, it's again, it's just one more thing, one more piece of the puzzle. And so that w that's interesting because like, obviously you, you were doing it, you, your background was in a creamery, a traditional mm -hmm. creamery and traditional ice cream and everything like that. What was the process of learning how to do a vegan ice cream? Do you use similar equipment or obviously Same your equipment. base is completely different. You know, yeah. you're using like non-dairy bases yep. and stuff like that. And it actually uses the same equipment to same exact equipment, you know, similar process, uh, you know, different, different, I guess, scientifically. Um, so different ratios or flavorings, uh, things like that than dairy, because it, cream takes on flavor a lot differently than sure. coconut does or whatever ingredient we're using and vegan does. Um, but yeah, it just, it just was a logical thing that fit within the parameters that we already had. Very cool. And the response was immediate on that? Yeah, I think it was. I think there were a lot of people at first that kind of question it because maybe we didn't have a good grasp of that community within our own community. Um, but we've definitely built a name for ourselves within people that either just enjoy the ice cream because it tastes great or enjoy it because they have some sort of allergy um, or enjoy it because they really um, care from a from a social from a sustainability standpoint which all of those aspects are valid right and what's interesting is as that seems to have taken off i've also noticed that you know the vegan kind of thing has you know worked its way into mm -hmm. other cabinets within the within the farm itself so you guys obviously do a lot of baked goods as well um breads um things like that you know scones etc um and vegan products have been making their way into those shelves more and more. Um, was that because the ice cream had taken off and then you were like, oh, there's actually more demand for this type of product or, and it became a natural thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, it just, it, it just was a natural progression. Okay. Now the actual outside of the ice cream, the expansion of the bakery aspect has been somewhat significant in my opinion. Um, can you talk about like how that's kind of changed since you've yep. been kind of managing director here? 
Yeah, so every uh, usually I get an itch every two or three years to do something different. Uh, try to build something up as much as I can from the from the initial idea, and then try to do something different. So a couple years in, after I came home, um, I always wanted to make really good bread, right? Um, that wasn't something that was fulfilled within this community, um, and I always thought that we really needed a good like stone oven, um, uh, natural bread, right? Um, sourdoughs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just you know another another twenty five thousand dollars. Uh, just sure. another $25,000 oven. It's just everything in, in that kind of uh, progression. Um, but uh, yeah, so we had the the fortune of expanding that and that taking off right away. Um, a few years ago, uh, we uh, opened a second location uh, that has since uh, closed. Um, but we opened a second location in uh, Milford. Pennsylvania. So we wanted to kind of expand uh, the pastry side of things, but it was just me and one other bake, well, a couple other bakers at the time um, doing that. And we weren't doing a really good job of having a good pastry program. And in what way? What, what we, would you say was the we were just doing very basic things, right? Okay. Um, we were just doing scones and muffins and, and uh, things that are good, things that we do well, um, but they're very, you know, they're not very involved. They're very basic. And, and there was kind of a, a play on what our skill sets were, um, you know. Uh, now, was this all self-taught? Because you said yeah. this was an itch thing. So this was just like, okay, I'm going to learn how to make I'm a starter and yeah. I'm going to figure out how to like, you know. Yeah, everything has been, everything in my like culinary space has been self-taught. Really? Um, yeah, I took a week-long class at King Arthur Flower. Uh, <laughs> and, and then everything else has been And what do they self-taught. teach you in that class? Is it really just true basics like, you it's, know, ratios, yeah, exactly. bakers, ratios, and everything like that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. and I, I honestly don't remember very much of it. Um, and I don't know that we, you know, everything was at one time based on those recipes, but I think it's just built and evolved like every bakery has over the year. Um, but the sticking point has been that we've still been using King Arthur flour and everything, so. Okay. Um, but, uh, so I'm not going to... Uh, demean them um but yeah at the time we were just doing things very basic and a couple days into us being in milford maybe a couple weeks uh a a girl walked in a woman walked in who uh asked us about a job and wanted to work in our pastry department we did not have a pastry department um but was wondering whether we were hiring and we weren't at the time and i told her no and she went and got a job in the kitchen at the restaurant adjacent to where we ran this bakery and about six months down the line when we were thinking we were going to get out of uh, that location, um, we, I had a conversation with her and we talked to her and we brought her in and she's been here ever since. It's been four, almost four years now and she's really helped us expand the pastry program and she's our quote unquote pastry chef uh, here, even though all of us are self-taught. That's amazing that yeah. you're all self-taught and I mean how far it's come because yeah. obviously, you know, when you started, like you're saying like, you know, you were doing more basic things and now like obviously even the quote unquote more basic items that you do, like your flavors are mm-hmm. very developed. Um, it's very obvious when you try any of these things and technically they're very well made and everything like that. But on top of that, like the actual flavors and everything are very interesting. Um, so that's again though. So the bakery thing is like with the ice cream, it's that evolution of you can stop in, get a pastry, you could stop in, you could get, ice cream or if you're here for pick your own separately oh while you're already here we also offer this so it's all about just like giving everyone who shows up here you know a little bit of everything whenever they show up exactly okay and then on top of that like you're saying originally you have a coffee program now Mm -hmm. so where did that come from is that just a love of coffee and you're like hey we already what goes better with a pastry and some bread and you know you know i think again when (laughs) Uh, I don't know that apples and coffee are. Too, yeah, I don't too, really <laughs> think they are, but you know, if you're walking around, it is really nice to have a coffee yeah. in your hand. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's for a love of something different. Um, and you know, we we were thrown into it with that other business that we that we opened, um, and it was just something that stuck around, you know. And you know, we've we've gone through the not necessarily the ringer, but we've you know gone through a long process to try to get get it to a place where we want it. Um, and be able to build it to a place uh, where it's successful and where people enjoy it and where we're proud of the, the beans that we're serving and we're proud of 
the people that we're working with on that side of things. And it's, it's finally at a point where I think, I think it's good and it's sustainable and it's another, another aspect of the business that gives people something to, to enjoy. Now, while you've been adding all these elements and you've kind of been taking a little bit more of the day-to-day process over from your parents, um, are they having a, a role in developing these programs with you or are you kind of like the main driver behind all of it? Uh, I think, I think they've learned to let me more or less do what I want because it's been successful, right? It's at first it was, there was a lot of, a lot more control there. Um, and I was more mindful of, of how things were exactly going to impact the business. Um, but I think through success in different areas, um, they've kind of let me create how I want. Um, I mean, there's still obviously, you know, checks and balances and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, of course. But, um, but since you've, it's gone well, they've given you more free reign over time to really just kind of see, see it out in the, in your vision, if you will. Yep. And you know, I, when they first bought the farm, I don't think, I mean, this wasn't me coming home was not their plan. This was their this was their retirement plan. Uh, really, they bought the farm with the. I mean, my family has always been connected to agriculture in some way in this community, right? So it just seemed like this was a logical business to purchase. But this, I think, ultimately was their retirement plan. They were going to sell the farm and retire on it, and I just kind of screwed that all up for them. <laughs> uh, so I. Th- and I, and I'm an only child, right? So uh, this is the this is the next generation. You're stuck with me, right? Uh, so I think they kind of see all these elements that I've been able to build up with the help of of an amazing team um, and with them, uh, and uh, have a lot more trust than than they necessarily had in the past. But now, when they bought the farm originally. Um and you said their their background more in like traditional farming. Uh, yeah. So my my dad has always been connected to agriculture. He's either had farms with my uncle. He ran a fencing business for years and years, which was in some ways connected to that to that industry. My mom has always worked off the farm, um, and she's recently retired, but she always worked in a, in another in another area, but helped out around here. Um, being that you said you're not really much of a farmer or one who, <laughs> uh, is necessarily going to be the most active person out there. Does your dad, um, handle the, you know, the Apple side of the business more or so are you more hands-on on that? Has yeah. uh, that changed over time? I think it's, it's changed over time. We have a full-time orchard manager, um, on the farm who, who is a wealth of knowledge and completely understands and uh and does a great job um out there we have a good team um on that side of things you know that is always been more of my dad's focus he's always been more of a you know hands-on in the fields in the dirt kind of guy um and that's because that's how he grew up um yeah it's you know that's a that's a conversation we have often how the how that transition happens right um and it's one we're still figuring out, like so many farms and farmers and family businesses across the nation. You know, it's, yeah, absolutely. That's a well. There's scary like issues there between, like, obviously, there's long-term sustainability mm-hmm. questions, which I'm sure you're dealing with. Um, then there's obviously just you know, it does seem like where's a place for these kind of businesses moving forward um, long-term. You know, obviously there's massive issues with like agricultural businesses just in general of varying sizes. So I'm sure these conversations are both, you know, on a macro and a larger scale issue, um, quite complex. Um, being that's the case though, I do think that's one thing that one thing that's noticeable is like in the past, say 10, 15 years is the apple picking and all that stuff, the whole fall, weekend thing is much more of a thing. Have you seen a growth in the business from the pick your own and stuff like that uh, over time? 100%, you know, it, uh, and, and I don't know how much of it has been that 
there's really that many more people out in the world enjoying nature, but there are really that many more people out in the world wondering where their food comes from um, and and knowing or liking to know that it's being purchased from a, from a small family farm that cares about sustainability, cares about uh, the growing practices of, of different things. Um, yeah, I think, I think that is something that is changing and evolving. And, you know, we again have the benefit of being a farm that has been here and established since 1946. So we have a lot of generational customers, right. a lot of people that came here with their grandmother, with their parents and are bringing their kids now. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how that, yeah, how it just that changes seems like in the future. Every fall weekend now, you pass farms like this all over this region, mm-hmm. and the parking lots are just full. Yeah, we just, don't know where the people come from. They keep coming. <laughs> York, I'm not going to tell them no. Well, from. no, not. I don't. I really, actually, honestly, I don't think so. I think that used to be our model. Is we we used to have a big advertising program where we would advertise in in Bergen County and city suburbs and and uh, and then and New York City. Um, but I I don't think we don't see that as much as we used to. It's a lot of locals. It's a lot of people, you know, within 20 miles of the farm. And for us, I don't know about other people, other farms. And you're not sure why that it just seems to be naturally occurring. I think it's naturally occurring. I think the pandemic had a lot to do with it because people wanted to still be able to be active and do something and they could do that outside. Yeah. And Um, I, I think that also the pandemic also brought up more, awareness to the need for people to be um conscious of like supporting local businesses Mm -hmm. for sure um speaking on the pandemic obviously that was very difficult for so many um small businesses what um kind of changes did you guys have to make in order to you know survive the pandemic you know we we pivoted almost immediately we i remember and you know my father is a very traditional thinker. That's probably the nicest way to put it. Um, my father is a very traditional guy and he was kind of of the mindset when the, when things started getting weird in March and April, um, of, I don't even remember what year it was, 2020. 2020. Um, he was of the mindset that it was going to be over real quick. Um, Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, like, like I think a lot of people were, oh yeah, Um, it was two weeks shut down and then this will be gone, but this will be gone by the summer. Everything will be fine. Um, we're shutting down for two weeks. And I said, all right, so we have this option. We can shut down and, and just ride it out and see what happens. Uh, or we can pivot and we pivoted to a fully, you know, online people could still get what they were used to getting. Um, plus some other things like some, uh, some grocery staples, yes, yes. that kind of thing. Provisions. Um, they, you know, we, we're lucky that we have this out walk-up window so people could stay outside they could stay far apart from each other um and we made it work and that was a really really tough spring and we were lucky that we had good people with us we were lucky in a greater way that for almost an entire year no one got COVID that worked for me and I still don't know how that happened um and you know the community really showed up and supported us there were days here on pickup days everybody pretty much stuck to the the having to pre-order thing and there were days where people were wrapped around the building it was yeah, insane no and it was amazing and we are so grateful and so thankful to our community because and then come pick your own season people could be outside yeah absolutely yeah. so in a weird way do you think that covid was helpful in the sense of like maybe for, forcing you to maybe pivot into things that you may not have done naturally say like the online ordering like in the sense of obviously covid was not good for you know, people in general, but there are maybe some benefits that you got from like having to go through that process that you may not have done without that. It taught us what we could do and how we could do it, but I have no desire to do it again. Um, right. Right. It gave us, you know, uh, we, we changed some of the things we did process wise in terms of technology. Um, we changed like what would be uh, just creating like that kind of system to be able to do things online. Um, and now we, and now we do things online for, for different holidays and things like that. Um, you know, it taught us what I think really mattered from a community stance. Um, and it taught us that people would show up if, if they were asked to, and if they wanted to, um, do you think being a small business, having that, like, you know, you guys are a small group. 
having that flexibility was, you know, key to making all that happen. 100%. Yeah. No, I don't. I think if we were doing this on any greater scale, I don't know if we could have done it as well as as well as we did. Yeah. Um, and continue to grow. You know, we've had growth years since 2019. So which is amazing, which is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now that COVID is kind of, quote unquote, over, even though it's not, quote unquote. Um, do you feel that, you know, people are going back to pre-COVID notions of what your business is supposed to be? Or, you know, are they expecting like these online ordering things for, say, holidays and stuff like that? Or is it now just a part of the like, everyday business that you're just, it became a thing. And now it's like in some ways always going to be a thing that you guys kind of have. Like, say, you know, you added an online ordering system to get through COVID now you use it for holidays and it's just part of the business. I think it's part of the business out of necessity. You know, I think we probably couldn't do the volume that we do without having that kind of technology behind it. Um, but I think, you know, we've seen an uptick in business. We've been open this year literally for two weeks. So, you know, we don't know what how the year is going to play out, how people are going to play out. But we've seen an uptick in business in terms of people just wanting to you know, get back into the routine and be outside and go enjoy some, some good food. Um, and yeah, uh, well, this, this will be, I mean, time will tell, right. But this will be the first year where maybe things, whatever normal means, maybe things are a little bit more normal and we'll, and we'll see how it plays out. I mean, okay. Now, one thing I've noticed, obviously, um, that you've done in the past, say in the fall, you were adding, you know, yet another layer of the business with, you know, your pizza that you guys were adding to the, um, I don't know, rotation or fold, fold whatever you want to call it. Um, where did that come from and where do you see that going? So uh, we did pizza uh, in 2019 for one year and then COVID happened and we stopped. Um, but it was initially just another passion project. It was just something that, that I wanted to do because I liked pizza. I liked yeah, the art. You're right. Yeah, yeah. everyone. I like the art. The art of, you like pizza? No. Uh, no Get out. Come no. On, man. Well, you're vegan. Uh, so. <laughs> that doesn't mean you I have like pizza. I have options for yes. you. We still uh, like, don't worry. Yeah, I know. There's still, there's still uh, options. I know. I'm just messing with you. Get yourself a nice tomato pie. Uh, go down to Philly. Just, just tomatoes. Um, yeah, no. Uh, it was just another passion project. And we toyed around with the idea of bringing it back every year since uh, since 2020. Um, and then this past year, we finally just did it. And it was great. It's another, you know, another aspect of the puzzle. Um, it was just one more thing to bring people in on days that we, they wouldn't necessarily be here. Or t at times that they wouldn't necessarily be Yeah, because that's like here. more of a night thing, obviously. Yep. And most of your business is it's more nine to three. three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're just, it's just another layer and layer yep. and layer. So it was, now, you know, giving another outlet to to friends of mine who are musicians, you know, would allow them to come and play with us and uh, and play for our, our customers and, and the community. Um, yeah, and just give people one more one more thing to enjoy here. Are there plans to expand upon that at all this year? There are dreams. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if like any plans, of that. They're, yeah, not, they're like they plans, just plans unrealistic. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so there are plans to do it again. Um, that's, uh, something that, that will happen again this summer and a little bit into the fall. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's dreams to expand, um, the, the food offering side of things. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see what actually happens. Yeah, it's a wait and see kind of thing. It's a wait and see kind of thing. Okay. There's yeah. a lot of wait and see. That's a good tease. Here. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So long term, obviously, there's a lot of like things in the works in your ever evolving passion for, you know, food and beverage and all of this. Where do you see Windy Brow kind of going? Is it expanding upon the current location here in Frieden or yeah. are you looking to do, you know, offsite, maybe adding acreage, whether that be farm land itself? Um, or is it more maybe a restaurant or how do you, wh what's Wendy Brown five years look like? Yeah, I'm really bad at being stagnant. Uh, so, but I think I get a lot of realism, uh, from my parents. 
Um, or practicality, I guess, more so. Um, and, uh, you know, a restaurant has always been a dream. A cidery has always been a dream. I mean, your apple cider um, is, honestly, I grew up on that apple cider. There's no cider that matches no. that cider. No, and, you know, that's a benefit. We're one of the few, um, the, the non-benefit is we have to put a warning label on it, but we're one of the few cideries left in New Jersey that doesn't pasteurize. Oh you know, yeah, that's the that's the driving factor there, right? That bottle, so, if you don't, if the plastic will expand and uh-huh. contract. If you, it'll are be real not, good in two weeks, and then it'll be real bad yeah, in about four yeah, weeks. Exactly. Um, but uh, but you know, there's again, like I said, there's lots of there's lots of dreams, there's lots of ideas. Um, there will be something new in five years. I hope there's something new in two years. Uh, because I'm at that point where I'm getting the itch again. Um. But I, I don't know what it's it's going to be whatever makes sense here on home base. I mean, the, the thought has always been to be able to bring as many people here out to the farm, out to nature, out to fresh air as possible. I don't want to I don't want to do it anywhere else. OK, no. so it'll always be within a relatively short distance of Sussex County ish area. Never say always, but that's but, the general plan. Though. But that's the general plan. That's the general thought. And then you feel obviously you grew up here, you know, a sense of community obviously and like there's a lot of really great local businesses that are popping up in similar fashion you know um you have like a lot of new restaurants that are doing really interesting things around here and the area is growing Mm -hmm. um does that excite you concern you at all obviously as it gets a little maybe um not crowded because i don't know how crowded Sussex county could really ever get but does this you know, the growing community give you more passion for it because you feel like there's more people you can reach? 100%. Yeah. Uh, if it's, a, if it's other, like I'm not, I've never been one to be concerned about other businesses doing similar things, right? Competition should only make you better. Right. Um, if it's a matter of the community growing and changing and evolving, I welcome that here because like I said, we are a very, you know, we have been a very insulated part of, of, this, uh, of this state. Um, but I think there's definitely room for for evolution. There's room for um, for new people and uh, and different perspectives. Um, and I think that that excites me more than more than a lot of things. Um, and being able to serve a different community in different ways and open ourselves up to to that. I, I think there's like a real moment here too. I mean, like you look at what you guys are doing, you see what the circle's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bringing a lot of attention to a part of the state that's been overlooked for too long. Um, so it's actually really exciting for those of us who live here, but also people who will just travel here for the first time maybe and don't understand, you know, oh, there's parts of New Jersey that are really not just highways and, you know, Newark or whatever, you know, so it's exciting. And I think that's really a testament to businesses like this that kind of help foster that kind of community and make people want to come out and see it for the first time. So I appreciate that you guys are even doing any of this stuff. Um, when you were saying that you you get the itch and everything like that, and as you kind of come up with these new ideas that kind of come, are you having conversations now, especially since, you know, you said your, your mom has re- since retired, your dad is kind of handing over more and more of the responsibility to you. When you kind of come up with these ideas, especially longer term kind of ideas, What's the conversation like with them? Are you still kind of using them as like a sounding board or do they say, hey, look, do they sometimes go like bad idea, you know, or is it kind of just like, do they trust you enough at this point where you're just completely free reign to do what you want? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> uh, that, no, um, I think they're, they're obviously still a sounding board. Things still have to be, you know, realistic and done with, done with um thought and precision and you know everything that we've ever jumped into has always been always had a plan behind it right and it's it's changed that plan disappears over time Mm -hmm. um but uh i think there's still a sounding board i think it's uh these days it's more uh okay you can do it but you got to figure out a way to fund it um which makes sense that's fine Mm -hmm. that's how that's how businesses ultimately evolve it's just um, it's just, yeah, it's a matter of actually, um, making it happen make it work and make it make sense. 
Now, being that you are coming from more of like the actual, you know, creative side of it, you're saying with the funding and stuff like that is, do you find that aspect of the business really difficult? Um, are you more involved in that or do you have other people who kind of take care of that for you? Uh, because creatives aren't money people. Um, uh, not necessarily, no, but no, I'm aware. Uh, I mean, I know anytime I'm not necessarily a creative person, but at the same time I look at any type of, uh, document and I always joke around that. Like I immediately look at them like I, I need an adult because you know, <laughs> I look at the first question, it's like name. I'm like, this is oh, like a test. Rough. Wow. That's Yo, rough. I'm going to need yeah. someone to help me here. Yeah. Um, um, it's, it's confusing. And it's, I mean, to be responsible just for, say, the creative or day-to-day aspect of a business is a lot of responsibility, let alone like the actual financial bookkeeping, et cetera. Oh, yeah. No, I have the, I have the perpetual issue of the mindset of I can always make more money, uh, which is good and bad um, because it, I think it drives you. But it also, you know, you have to. You have to rein it in sometimes. Um, there are there. I, I don't. I don't think we're at a place where we've necessarily had those conversations yet about different things that I want to do um, here to expand. But we're getting there, and the time will come, and uh, I'll have to figure it out. Awesome. Well, I mean, I think everyone's just looking forward to whatever's next here because obviously, you know, Windy Brow has been an institution since 1946. Mm-hmm. Um, in this community and it's only growing in its status as a, a neighborhood kind of place and place you want to be, especially, you know, you come on these fall weekends and, or even spring or anytime, really it's people outside in ice cream. You can see people, you know, having a coffee, pick your own in the fall. It, I mean, it's an amazing place to be. It's really just quite magical. And obviously the area is beautiful. You have a great view when you're sitting out eating ice cream and you can't really beat it. Um, the only thing I really want to ask you about, um, left that I missed before was, uh, one thing that I really find interesting that you do. And I think it's really fun is, do you enjoy the engagement on Instagram when you do your, <laughs> you know, I guess like ask me anything? Cause I find them extremely fascinating. I love that. Yeah. Okay. I love that. And I'm, I, I haven't done one in a while and, and now you're going to inspire me to do one again, but you know, I love that. I love engaging with people. I love trying to be witty without being offensive, I guess. <laughs> Maybe yeah. sometimes I'm there's offensive, a fine line. but you know, there's a very fine line. Absolutely. Um, and it's also the internet. So people read into certain things yeah, yeah, differently than they're intended at times. Yep. So it's, it's tough. You can't, you're never going to make everyone happy, obviously. Yeah. And you shouldn't have to. Do you um, feel like though, do you enjoy that part of actually owning and running a business? Like the actual um, interaction with the community is that a really important part for you yeah no I, I i love that that aspect of it and i love being able to um i love being able to engage and uh, interact with people in that way and and create connections within this community that that are already there and that we're just building upon um or being able to draw draw new people in um through that i mean like like, like we've said uh social media has been a great um influence uh to a degree great influence on our business and our business model so yeah yeah more, more of that yeah no the I, I mean i find them interesting because like i think i think a, a lot of times there's actually really interesting questions mm-hmm. that are posed and then i get to find out stuff though i'm like oh cool they're gonna do this flavor coming yep. up or this that the other thing um but it's also just nice to kind of tear back the curtain a little bit yep. and kind of too many places don't let you see behind that and so it's really interesting um I guess the only other thing I'd like to know is, um, so we were talking about the future, obviously, of here and everything. Um, is there something about the future that particularly is you're maybe like from a sustainability standpoint or anything like that, that you're like concerned about um, in the future? Or it might be even like policy related to like, you know, obviously. You 60 degrees out this week? Is that, yeah, is well, it could February? be anything. Like, what, what's something that maybe concerns you about the future and what's something that makes you really excited or um, hopeful for the future of Windy Brow? Uh, yeah, no, the, the sustainability aspect of this business and any farming business should give concern to anybody who's doing it. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we live and die by Mother Nature. Um, right. And, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a misnomer because Mother Nature isn't really a thing because it's what humans have done and created exactly and yeah right 
Um, we're it's very nice, it's responsible nice to, for what yep, happens. We're not just uh, bystanders in this exactly. whole situation. It's nice to brand her as being, you know, ethereal uh, thing, right? Yes. Um, but but she's not. It's our fault. We're just victims uh, of her whims, and uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. But we are. I mean, we're we're, you know, for for three weeks in the in the spring. That's what makes us or breaks us in terms of uh, having a crop or not. Yeah, those late frosts are killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know things that don't help are the weather right now. Uh, but it's you know my my dad used to get very worked up about how things were going to play out with the weather and how um, how, how if, if we were going to have a crop or not. Um, but anymore, he just kind of says, "Well, you just have to sell more pastry and bread and ice cream," and and that's fine and that's true to a degree, right? So it's um, part of that evolution because of the exactly. fact that, like, we don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Um, and then in terms of things that excite me, I think it's just, the, the like we said, the evolution that's happening within this community, the new people that are that are coming here and, and uh, coming into this, this little corner of, of northwest New Jersey. Um, and I think there are some, like, changes, some policy changes that are coming down the line that actually excite me more than they scare me. Um, Such some as some things that will allow, biz- uh, n- namely, right now, if there's going to be policy changes around uh, liquor laws in New Jersey. Oh, uh, yeah. Quite honestly, yeah. Um, I mean, that excites me. That excites me for the expansion of business, um, and excites us here. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think I'm just excited to keep doing what we're doing, right? And giving people what they want to a degree. Uh, and giving them something new that they didn't necessarily know they wanted. That's awesome. If someone came to Windy Brow for their first time, what would you want their, you know, how would you want them to describe it to someone else after they left? As simple as just something like delicious or, you know, exciting okay. uh, in the in this community. Um yeah, we just we're just here to make good food. Great. Yeah, that's and it. you do it. So, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been really really interesting and really really um fascinating to hear about all the exciting things that are happening here. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here.